WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! Break down the walls! Forget the world, baby. Did you ever think you'd see the day when the Steelers trailed the Browns in the AFC North? Well, that day is upon us. Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Baker Mayfield went in at quarterback, made his debut last night. And Baker Mayfield did pretty good. Browns 21. New York Jets 17. Cleveland is 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The Steelers are 0-1-1. One, one. Hugh Jackson, the Browns coach, he says he's planning on winning more games. Hey, Junior, slow your roll. Jackson also won't name Mayfield the starter for week four yet. He really is the perfect guy to coach the Browns. But right now, the Browns are ahead of the Steelers. The one thing Steeler fans could always count on, well, at least we're ahead of Cleveland. That's been flushed on the crapper. However, temporarily. The Browns ahead of the Steelers. I don't know if I want to live in a world like that. Hey, Baker Mayfield. Hey, Browns, you don't suck, and you're supposed to. I think that's breaking the law. And guess what? You just made the list. That does suck, right? Trailing the Browns? Yikes. Uh, By the way, I was talking about weird stats that reflect badly on the Steelers, such as 17 tackles missed against Kansas City and only one pass defended against Kansas City. This is a little bit uh, deeper. you got to drill down for this one. But since 1940, NFL teams scoring 37 or more points with zero turnovers were 653 and one. 653 wins and one loss, but now they're 653 and two after the Steelers lost on Sunday, 42-37 against Kansas City. By the way, the other team to lose, despite scoring 37 or more points and making zero turnovers, Cleveland, of course, to Detroit, in 2009. Let's talk to Gary in Wexford. Gary, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Gary? Penguins uh, spoiled us so bad with two back-to-back cups. It feels like it's been forever since they played. So, super stoked. And this team is stacked. Even on defense, I like Ricola. I don't think he's going to make it, but awesome. Um, they got a lot of depth. I'm... They, uh, I think Ricola is going to start the season in Wilkes. But if a lefty defenseman got hurt, I think he'd get called up. I think that's the way they're going to play their D. Ruedel is what he is. You don't need to go nowhere to develop. If a righty defenseman goes out, Ruedel goes in. If a lefty defenseman goes out, Ricola gets called up and goes in. I thought last year when they re-signed Hornquist, first I was excited. I love Hornquist. But then when they signed Rust, I mean, we've all been talking about the right-wing glut that whole time. I don't see how you can sign those two. Oh and no! I was for, I was for signing those right two. Way. They're they're very different players. 
I think the way this plays out is that Sprong gets traded, and maybe sooner and not later. I just don't think the coaches like him. And there's a lot to not like. He's a great finisher. He doesn't support the puck. He doesn't back check. His mind can wander. He's a kid, but he ain't that young. I mean, he needs to make a move soon, or he might have to make a move somewhere else. His situation is very Derek Pouliot-esque. In your mind, are they auditioning him by playing him with Sid then? No, they're, they're, if that comes to pass and Sprong does open the season on Sid's line, if you got a kid who's supposed to be an accomplished finisher and you're projecting him to score a lot of goals at the National Hockey League level, you can't bring him up and play him on the fourth line. You won't find anything out about him. And, in fact, you may well retard his development. Uh, That's the Bilesman method. It's like, it's like Alexei Morozov who was a much better player than Daniel Sprong, much more talented anyway. They drafted Alexi in the first round in, in, in 1995. And whenever he came up, he got one run on on Lemieux's line, but Lemieux didn't like that, quite honestly. And then he played third and fourth line all the time. And guess what? He turned into a third and fourth line style player. You, you don't want a guy like that to chip and chase, so Sprong has to play top nine. Top six, really, for me, or there's no point having him. Thank you for the call. I think Alexei Morozov, you know, did his fair share of disappointing, but I think the Penguins put him in a position to disappoint. I don't think he got the proper opportunity, but rarely here in Pittsburgh. I should go back with my uh, A.B. notes from yesterday's interview and just count the number of ways he contradicted himself. You know what the best one was? When he said, I show up for work every day, except you didn't just three days ago. I don't know if he thinks we're stupid or he's stupid. It might be the deadly combination of both. Up next, he played for the Penguins. He played on Sid's line. He's the pride of Saskatoon. His beer league team trails one to nil in the championship series final. And he is a rising young star in the hockey media. Up next, it's Colby Armstrong here on 105.9. The super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, no, I just said, I don't know what I said. I don't know what you said. Uh, Double M. Yeah? DX at 105.9. My guest at this time played in the National Hockey League, but he can't even win a beer league. Joining me for his weekly segment is the former Penguin, Colby Armstrong Army. We'll get to the beer league in a second, but I heard you want to bet with Brett Kiesel, and he's got to do a, a bag skate. Is that right? I mean, he's a big man. Are you trying to kill the guy? <laughs> hey, man, I didn't know what was going to happen when he came on today, but I'm thankful. First of all, thankful for everything that happened there. Uh, in my time today, I think we set records for this telethon. And well, right at the, at the DVE Radiothon at Children's Hospital. Yeah, that's right. They did a great job. And, um, you know, all those guys that jumped on from Matt Murray, Dublin, Troche, and uh, on and on with the Penguins. Max Talbot from Russia, Mark, he called in from Russia. It was awesome. And then Ben and Kiesel called in. But Kiesel kicked it off with, like, uh, a challenge right in the morning. And I didn't know he was going to do that, but I was like, okay, let's do it. I was kind of nervous that he was going to be, he was going to be killing me on the football field. But it looks like uh, Penguins fans and the heart of Pittsburgh pulled through and got me the win. So I look forward to seeing that big monster on the ice. I don't know how we're going to get skates or equipment to fit him, but we'll figure it out. Who's the worst athlete? 
from another sport you've ever seen try to play hockey? <laughs> oh, good question. Jeez, oh, I don't even know. Not a lot of guys. Not a lot of guys will, uh, you know, really push for. I know there's some baseball guys when I was up in Toronto. The Blue Jays guys that really loved hockey and would like play on their own a little bit. But uh, not a lot of guys. I think the skating really scares a lot of guys away if you've never done it or if it's not part of your, you know, childhood growing up. It's kind of a scary thing to try to even get into a sport with the skating. So it's tough to say. I think I saw like Manute Bull played hockey in a professional game years ago. I can't imagine it, that. Yeah, it was crazy. He was so tall. It was just unre- I did like okay actually too. What about the notion that uh, Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the cornerback, he said if you gave him six months to learn to skate and train, he could play in the National Hockey League. I think the guy's an ass to begin with, and that just kind of clinched my opinion in that regard. Yeah, I think he's just trying to, you know, mouth off or spark some kind of controversy or talk around him. But, I like, seriously, to learn how to skate in that amount of time, unless, like, he, he knows how to skate and we don't know about it, but still, like, to be an elite skater to play in the NHL, there's not a chance. Guy's lying out his butt. Now, the Penguins put together some new lines at practice, and it's interesting, to say the least. It looks like Hornquist is on the fourth line with Cullen. I guess that's how you know it's experimental, because that can't last, can it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. I think they have a tough spot in finding where they're going to put some of these depth guys. I do like them with Sid, personally, but... I think they're going to have a, a tough time finding it with the, you know, with what they're going to have in Sprong. And I think they want to get a good look at him and see what he can do, or shine him up a bit, maybe. I, you know, you never know what kind of angle they're pushing. But a guy that I think that they want to get a really good look at in Sprong. And for right now, I think Hornquist can just, you know, sit there and wait his turn until it works out that he's back up there again. That might be the way it looks, but um, yeah. I mean, I, looking at the lines that they had today, for the most part, I think that's that's kind of what you're going to see uh, if, if that's what you think looking at them too. Well, I don't know. I don't see how Hornquist can possibly play on the fourth yeah. line once the regular season starts. And it's odd, Army, because I think Hornquist is a perfect fit for Sid. I know you like him there too, but yeah. I never sense Sid's enthusiasm for playing with Horny five on five. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I think Horny's pretty straightforward and, and you know, I, I, I'd imagine probably in Sid's world a pretty boring player. I don't know, because he's just up and down. You know exactly what he's going to do. He bangs and crashes, and there's nothing, like, fancy about him. He's not, you know, every once in a while he'll, you know, do those schools where he's in and around the crease, falling down, and three whacks at it, and it goes in, and that's what's expected of him. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I saw Sullivan talk today about, you know, with uh, Broussard, and if Broussard's going to play center, or Broussard's going to play wing, and they're not taking it off the table, does like him better as a center. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's used a little bit and at least looked at up on Sid's line once he gets his wheels turning here at camp as he was out with illness for the first start of it here. We'll see uh, you know, we'll see if they give him a shot. Are you going to give Sprong a good look? I think I think you have to give Broussard a good look up on that wing as well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm alongside you with Hornquist. I think he's he's got to be up there with Sid and with the success he has. I mean, he can score too. Uh, for a guy that's you know plays that certain way, he brings something to that line, and he and he and I think he needs to be involved with that ice time as well for his game to be effective. Well, I don't mind the idea of Broussard at wing, but I think he's a center. It's what he's always yeah. played, which begs the question, Army: How tough is it or easy to switch from wing to wing or from center to wing? 
Um, I would say switching from wing, uh, wing to center would be just a little bit more demanding just because they, they do a lot more defensively, at least down low in the D zone. Um, you know, the game's so fluid now that guys, whoever's first back takes low. It's kind of the, you know, the same old thing. It's not like a super, uh, you know, tough game. Hockey is the same for 12 year olds as it is for guys in the NHL, but it's just the workload and, uh, responsibility of a centerman. And I think, I think it's extra skating as well, which, which can play into it. So that's what makes it a little more difficult in, in, in being a center up and down the ice and then in, in those certain situations defensively where you're, in more of battle situations and behind the play a little bit, so coming underneath it, which is why a good centerman, you see them with, with speed up the middle, guys with, that are great at, at, at um, distributing pucks out to the outside, and also guys that are successful, real good speed up the middle because they can come in under pucks. As we've seen Crosby do for years, we see McDavid do it, we see all these guys uh, with that speed coming in underneath and able to just you know blow holes through defense. Um, you know, that other guys aren't able to if you don't have that foot speed. So it, it does help you attacking offensively, having the puck a lot, but it's a bigger workload. What about playing left wing instead of right wing or right wing instead of left wing? I'm sure you've tried to play left wing, normally yeah. a right wing. H- how'd that go? What was hard? What was easy? Yeah, yeah, there are some adjustments. It's a good question. I think a lot of people don't think much of it. I think there's just adjustments just on your forehand to backhand side. Some guys, like we see a lot of the Russian players, love being on their offside, so on their back end. But I, I think when you do switch, it's just an adjustment, first of all, coming back to the Z zone and not drifting over to your more comfortable side, like a right winger like I was, uh, and just talking to guys. And also on the boards, Mark, it's, it's just body positioning. Like It's something you do every single day of your life with playing right wing. You're used to coming back and setting up with your footwork and feet work and body positioning on the wall with pressure coming down and how to position yourself. And you flip to the other side, it's, it's a whole other beast over on the opposite side, uh, handling pucks on your backhand, how to position your body. So it's, it's not perfect. A lot of guys can go back and forth. I did, and it wasn't perfect on the other side, on my weaker side, on the left side. But um, some guys can manage and get the job done. I think Hornquist can play a little bit of both sides. And, um, you know, I think it's valuable to have guys that are, that are versatile like that. You know, I think, it's, I think it's good to have guys in your lineup that you can flip-flop around. We see Russ do it quite a bit as well. We're talking to Colby Armstrong. You can see him on uh, AT&T Sportsnet. And also, if you have one of those crazy TVs that picks up Canadian networks, you can see him <laughs> see him there as well. Uh, hey, Haglund's back with Malkin and Kessel. No surprise there. And it's weird, Army, because Haglund only had 10 goals last year, but yeah. I still really like him with Malkin and Kessel. How about you? Yeah, I do too. You know what? I, I thought down the stretch as well and in the playoffs, like we started seeing some of his best hockey, and I think – you know, snake bit through a little part of the year um, with scoring or, or creating, but I think we saw his speed really come in. What he does is he's a disruptor out there, and um, we see it on the penalty kill a lot. But his speed, um, his tenacity on pucks—he's not afraid to get into tough areas. He's not afraid um, to forecheck hard. And with playing with the guys like Malkin and Castle, guys that can read plays, guys that can pick p- passes off, he's—he's he's on guys and he forces guys into plays they don't want to do. Uh, and I thought that was when he was at his most effective last year, creating plays, creating um, scoring chances, getting assists, you know, picking up a couple garbage goals off of some of these turnovers that he's able to create. So I think, you, you know, you look at other teams, you look at other lines, and you look at lines that are successful. They always have a guy that's kind of, you know, that, that engine guy. And, you know, you know look, look, at the, look at the Leafs right now, Tavares and Marta 
And then you have Hyman. Hyman's a guy that's a, kind of a robot, up and down the ice kind of guy that never quits four checks. So you, you know, it's all different kinds of pieces that make lines successful. But I think when he's at his best, when he's hounding pucks, when he's really disrupting, uh, he's going to help Kessel and Malkin a lot when he's on his when he's when he's got his legs going. And uh, I would hate to be a defender going back for pucks. You know, you're not going to pay the price, Mark. Really, he's not going to finish your check, his checks on you. But he's like a little mosquito. He hounds you. He's on you. He's on you real quick as well. So. Uh, quick decisions, and, and hopefully Malkin and Kessel can, uh, you know, can pay off for them in, in picking off passes, and that's just because Hagelin does what he does. Now, did you see Max Domi punch Ekblad a couple nights back? First off, uh, Army, was that a sucker punch or just a fight or something in between? I, you know what? It's, it was. I think it was just a punch. I think it wasn't a sucker punch. I, I think the, the definition of a sucker punch for me, if, like explaining it, is a guy that just completely standing there like Domi on on Samuelson. Remember that in front of the net? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Old school, like, like uh, Max Domi's dad, Ty Domi. Just, boom, dropped him. Unsuspecting, not an altercation, nothing. I would say that's more of the sucker punch fashion. Not when you're tied up, kind of goading a guy into going, and they're both kind of pushing and shoving a little bit. You could tell that Ekblad didn't want anything to do with it. But, you know, at the same time, I don't think you should leave your arms down and look to the refs to come and save you. You should... Be prepared at least to protect yourself, even if you're not willing to fight to a certain extent. And Domi crossed the line, and he paid the price for it. He should. He should get suspended for doing that. By the same time, Ekblad has to protect himself when tied up with a guy that wants a good chunk of him. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was cheap by Domi, but I thought Ekblad should have been ready for it. Now, what's the cheapest shot you ever delivered and the cheapest shot you ever took? Oh, God, I could be here all day. (laughs) Uh, I would say I don't know if you got if you remember when I hit Let, Trevor Latowski against the uh, Hurricanes. It was kind of uh, man, it's hard to explain it just because it happened. Well, was it that was one of those like, backdoor hits you always threw when the guys coming around the net? No, it was it was a back check though. It was and he cut through the middle and did like a oh, I do remember right. And I like clipped his head pretty good. He helicopter spin and it was it was ugly. It was super ugly. Like I honestly, Mark, I felt bad about that one for for a long time, and um, it was just it was just an ugly outcome afterwards. I was sick to my stomach. I thought I like I thought he was seriously like dead. Oh, I just you know, looked at it right now on YouTube. You should probably well, be in jail. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. I was just in a straight line, and he kind of cut into me, and the timing wasn't perfect, and I kind of just went right through the front of him. Uh, and it was yeah, it was it was ugly. I'd say that was that was that was. Something I didn't feel too good about when that when that that one happened. Hey, hey it's a tough um, game. Head on a swivel. Don't beat yourself exactly, up too bad. Yeah, you cut through the trolley tracks, right? You got to keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> now, did but you... you know what? I would say that the, the biggest cheap shot I got was uh, I, I actually scratched my cornea on it. If anyone's ever had a scratch cornea, mm. honestly, the worst thing ever. I like it, I I thought my head was going to explode, but I got sucker punched by Ben Eager. He got suspended for four games. It wasn't really that much of a punch. He he kind of had me pinned up against the boards. I got away, and then he just, like, popped me with his glove on, like, really hard and scratched my cornea, swelled my eyes shut, and, yeah, I was I was down and out for a couple days, like, really, really, really hurt. So uh, that was uh, – I'll take that one. Now, that hit on Latoski, did you have a hearing? Did you have to go to New York? Um, No, I think I had a phone call for him. So there wasn't, like, the rules. So you never had a hearing? You never had a hearing where you had to go up there? No, I didn't. I just had to do a phone call. Because that would be scary to have to go up there. I imagine the phone call wasn't real pleasant either. 
No, the phone call wasn't pleasant, but yeah, it'd be scary to do like an in-person hearing. You, you know, automatically you're you're getting you know a handful of games right off the bat. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's I, I like the I like the way the league has gone with trying to protect you know these headshots. I like the way the league has gone in disciplining some of these headshots. And everyone's going to argue: is it more? Is it less? Um, you know, I think that'll always happen, no matter what. But I, I, I definitely like. As a player, if I was a player and this happened near the end of my career with Shanahan when he came in, he called me one time to ask me about a questionable hit that he thought when I when I pinned a guy against the boards and kind of the positioning of my body. And I said he was in my head a lot. Like when I went to hit a guy and if the guy moves at the last split second and you clip him, you know, you're going for games. You're losing money and you're with your team. And I said, I, I, it's, it's in my head, like it's bugging me. He said, that's what we want. And that's what they wanted when they started it. That's what they want guys thinking about right now. Um, and that's what has to be done in our game. Now, what I liked was when you used to catch a guy, I mentioned this earlier, coming around the zone net, you would kind of skate back from your position at right wing, <laughs> and it was this big backdoor hit. I think you threw about six or seven of those when you were a Penguin. And i got to tell you, when you left the Penguins, I was always worried you'd do that to Sid. Because Sid always does cut around the net a lot, am I right? And did you ever have the chance? Did you ever consider it? Um, I never really had the chance. One time in Atlanta, um, I took a decent little run at him, like just for jokes, you know. And he wasn't too happy. And I remember (laughs) Tarion was yelling at me by the bench. Oh, yeah, everyone was giving it to me. It was pretty funny. Um, and I don't think Sid was actually too happy with it, but no, I never, I never did take a good run at him with anything like that. And he, I don't know. You talk about head on a swivel. He seems to know where everyone is on the ice, but I, you know what? I learned that move from that little trick on how to hit guys like that one it was like Dennis Bondvi. And, uh, you know, it's wow. probably one of the only, he never showed it to me. I saw him try to do it one game and like a light bulb went off in my head and I was like, Oh man, I gotta try this thing. I gotta try to do this one game, and I did it. This was in the minors, and it like just blew a guy up. I was like, oh man, this works. Cause I was so small, like I was skinny. Not like I am now. I'm getting bigger now, but I was skinny then, and it was hard. Like I was, I weighed by several pounds when the game was like that. Guys were bigger and stronger, so when I guys around, I got I had to you know think about it a little more, like a little chess match. Well, listen, here's the most serious part of the conversation today. What happened yeah. in the beer league playoffs? But I, I heard you lost team. game one. We lost game one. We got crushed in game one. I got a hand to the other team. And you know what I think it was? I got cocky on some tweets. I tweeted, like, going to play beer league tonight. Like, stay tuned for the championship picture. And after the game, they smoked us. One of the guys on the other team, like, yelled at me in the hallway, like, hey, my buddy sent me that tweet you tweeted. And he's all, he, he was all fired up about it. But i got to say, like, those guys were trying, like, way too hard. It was insane. They were trying like they were in the NHL. Like, I... I was like, come on. So we got to play him again next week. Yeah, why is it best of three? That strikes me as overkill. That's a joke. That is a joke. So before the game, I tried to say to our team, I'm like, let's go over there and just tell them, let's just have this be the game that says it all. There's no need to be going best of three in beer league finals. You know, there's, there's no need for that. I saw your tweet. Totally agree with you. Like, this is crazy. But we're playing them next week now, so we've got to come out and play better. You know what, Mark? Our team's pretty good. We got a good group of guys. You know, if you want to come coach us, or you want to I do not. Now, uh, <laughs> no, no, but but I'm I do have a. Talking say- about the experience, I, I just want the experience of the, uh, you know coming out with our team or investing in our team and helping us send the step once to Vegas. Boy, it's tough to say no a second time, but I'm going to. 
now, but I will offer a suggestion. Will you take advice? Yes, 100%. Here's how you get back in the series. You get ringers. I don't know who's around. Maybe you do a fly-in. What about Bugsy? Can we get Bugsy? We got to get Bugsy in. We got a guy coming out of the woodwork that we have. Sometimes he's gone disappearing. His name's Jamie Hunt. He's coming in. Joe Pelly's out there. We got some other guys. We got Sean Sweezum. He's like our. We got a good goalie. I mean, I don't know. We just didn't have the last game. And like I said, these guys. But if you would have seen this, you would have said, "What the heck is this? These guys are trying way too hard. This is dearly. Like I'm talking stopping on pucks. Like." It was it was insane. Like who stops up pucks in beer leagues? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll have an update for you next week on if we come back and if there's a game three in the following weeks to, to happen. It's just ridiculous. Best out of three beer league finals. Like, you can't you can't even make this up. I, I can tell you're upset, Army. Great stuff. I expect the winning game too. We'll do it again next week. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on. That is Colby Armstrong, and I'm sorry. After two weeks, that's the best hockey segment in time. There's no question. Joe Pelly, an old crony of mine from Beaver High School in Princeton. I saw him play junior A hockey in Omaha one time, and his house parents were nice enough to let me stay at their house when I went to see him play. This is way back when. I mean, Joe's not a ton younger than me. I covered him when I worked for the Post-Gazette. And uh, his girlfriend at the time was visiting him. And he, in the, he stayed in the basement with an air vent connecting where I slept and the basement. I heard a lot. Up next, you know what? We're going to do a double dip today. Ask Mark Anything for two segments. You can call now and ask Mark Anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Let's face it. You've always been in love with me, and this is just your moment of clarity. I don't think so. Oh, I know so. The X at 105.9. Time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX. A double dip of AMA. Brought to you by Chapino's Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino in the strip. Somebody called up. I didn't put him on because his question is going to be, which is the fatter of the two Marks? You were Cavalli. Ask your wife. We were both on top of her. That one goes out to Bud Dupree. Let's go to Scott downtown. Scott, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Mark, if you're such a super genius, why are you a disc jockey, sports disc jockey? Well, I'm not a disc jockey. Disc jockeys spin records. I have not spun records for years. Well, you're you're a sports DJ, or you're no, no, uh, no, no. Let's let's. I mean, I understand that your IQ is about half of mine, but let's at least get it right. I am a sports radio host. Now we've established that. Go ahead. I, I want you. I want you to. I want you to be doing more for society. Maybe a doctor or a corporate CEO doing. Yeah, something. I don't care about society at all. Now, do I feel like I've wasted my IQ? Yes, and during this call, more than ever. Let's go to uh, Joe in the car. Joe, ask Mark hey, what, anything. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, so. Uh, I just want to know: Have you been to Mohan's lately? And I, I, so- I was at Mohan's about a year ago, and I love Mohan's. I, when I played and coached hockey at Penn Hills Deck Hockey Center, I went there all the time. I like the people who work there. Uh, I love yeah. the Mohan family. I don't know how involved they still are. You go and, over with Jerry? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jerry Bash. Yeah, yeah. But they have the best fried chicken anywhere, and I mean that yeah. very sincerely. They always have, and I think still do. 
That's what I wanted to ask. I haven't been there in a while, and I need to get up there, and I wanted to make sure they still have the good quality of their chicken. Yeah, get the fried chicken. It's it's the best fried chicken in town. Mohan's and Penn Hills, no question about it. When I went there to get wings back when, like after hockey games and whatnot, I would get the wings plain with nothing on them because then you're just getting a fried chicken wing because it was a fried chicken wing. They do the best fried chicken. Let's go to Tony in Tampa. Tony, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Uh, good day. How are you? Good. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, maybe years down the road, not not this year, not next year, maybe the year after, um, now that AB's becoming more of, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll use your term. Yeah, I'm going to cut you off because this is excruciating. For one thing, you sound like high pitch Eric from Howard Stern. For another... You just were not going to ever get to a point. Ever. Ever get to a point. Ever. So let's take a break. And the next thing will be, ask Mark anything, but make your point quick. Quicker than high pitch, what's his name? 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. So uh, what's happening? He's a little guy. Huh? I'd love to get the ball to say what you want to say. Very good point. The X at 105.9. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino in the strip. Let's go to uh, James in Las Vegas. James, ask Mark anything. Big Sexy, what's up, man? What up, man? I wanted to ask you if you were a fan of the Penguins jerseys. Uh, that had Pittsburgh written diagonally, and do you ever think that they'd bring him back as a third sweater? Now, when you say Pittsburgh written diagonally, that happened twice in team history, you know. Uh, that was their original away jersey uh, back in 1967-68, and then they adopted it as their black jersey, I believe, in 1992-93, correct? Oh, correct. The first one in the 60s was the blue jersey that had it written Exactly. I, I was never particularly fond of either one of those jerseys. My my favorite Penguin jersey ever is mid-70s, the dark navy bluish with black and white trim jersey. Classic. Yeah, but they'll never wear that again because I think they're black and gold for keeps moving forward. Let's go to Joe in Norvelt, PA, wherever the freaking Hey, double M, what's up? Hi. Hey, uh, I just wondered a question for the Steelers, which I really like to talk about them, but... Do you think the problem lies within maybe the coaching staff, the players, or between the coaching staff and the players themselves? I think right now the the fish stinks from the head down. I I don't think there's much to like about the team right now. I really don't. I, 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 I hesitate to blame it on any one thing because just as they draft and make personnel decisions as a team, they have they have sucked Tiffany Cufflinks as a team so far. <laughs> I just, well, but you know that, but that can change in the wink of an eye. But if it doesn't change Monday in the wink of an eye, I don't think it's going to change at all. Let's go to Taylor and Robinson. Taylor, ask Mark anything. All right, finally made it on. You've got to be kidding me, Mark. Hey, yeah, I see bet. you later. I couldn't let that guy be that enthusiastic and just not dump him. Let's go to Frank in Salzburg. Frank. What's up, Mark? What up? Hey, what is your favorite car ever made? Uh, the Ford Explorer. Ah, good choice, sir. I have one now. Courtesy of the good people at Schultz Ford, featuring the Ford King, Richard Bazzi.
Let's go to Ed and Shaler. Ed, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I've just been out of touch, but I want to see what's up with Pete Way. Is he still alive and kicking? Pete's still alive. Um, he was being treated for cancer last I heard. Of course, he had to kick his smack addiction of many decades to do that. I don't think Pete's in good shape. Then again, on his Facebook, he keeps talking about getting wasted back together. Wow. I wonder if Pete will play any shows or even a song with UFO on their farewell tour. I don't think they'll want Schenker. I think they would bring Pete up for a song. I'm planning right now, loosely, I'm going to shows in Manchester and Leeds. Uh, I think it's in either February or March. Do you say they're wrapping it up? Yeah, it's their farewell tour. It's 50 years. Wow. Although well, they've I've worded really it they've it. worded it very funny. They're not calling it a farewell tour. They're just saying it's Phil Mogg's last tour. But there is no, no UFO without Phil Mogg on vocals. No doubt. I really appreciate it, Mark. Let's go to Scott in the car. Scott. Yeah, I was wondering, if we mentioned Sucker Punches earlier. Where would you rank the Sucker Punch? It was back in the early 80s with uh, against Paul Gardner. It pretty much ended yeah, Jimmy Mann. Jimmy Mann. It, it, and to show how yeah. dumbass the Penguins were then, a couple years yeah. later they got Jimmy Mann. Jimmy right. Mann ruined one of their best scorers' careers, and they brought him in. That was just asinine. Uh, I don't rate Sucker Punches. They are the work of a coward and all despicable. Monday Night Football, preceded by Monday Afternoon Radio. Don't forget, I'm 2-0 and picking Steeler games this year, and that's against the spread because I'm a super genius. 105.90X.